you're listening to the very first episode of Waffle Bite Size Podcast with Paul Jenkins. This was originally broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 25th of August 2019. I am delighted to be joined in the studio this afternoon by the amazing Rosa Wright. Uh, she is a performer. Uh, she is a poet. Uh, she is all manner of things. Uh, and Rosa, uh, do you want to say hello to the good people of Rossendale? Hello, good people of Rossendale. All right, do you want to come a bit closer to the mic? Because yeah, we're, sure. we're all good. Right, uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, why don't you uh, for, uh, just tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what sort of things... Uh, well, uh, how, how did you get started in this kind of scene? Um. So it... It all started when I was a child, oh, obviously. Right. So, do you want me to get a couch? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. well I'm, I'm a training therapist as oh, well. So, right. you know, we'll get onto that later. Indeed. Um, so it all started when I was a kid. My mum would always take me up to the local library and we'd mm. always you know, stop off for a sausage roll, an ice finger and go get a book. Right. And that was the ultimate treat. And I always picked up poetry books and probably because I've got no attention span, I just really, really enjoyed <laughs> it. But I, I've just always thrived on it. I've always loved words. I've always written things. I've always written poems. Mm. But I didn't know that people went to see spoken word gigs until I was like 18 mm. so I'd always had this little writing thing and done a lot of acting and a lot of performances like I was I was just telling you I got an award in college for being in all of the drama plays every single one of them is that that is that the best in all the drama plays or just in all the just drama plays just in all of them this um, is like me with me running I've got loads of medals not for winning anything just for turning up on the start line it's the participation it's the it's being there the being you know? there is important it is um, so I'd always acted and, and performed as well but then the poetry thing um, my friend took me to a gig and I went, uh, what? People watch this. I've got all this stuff and these words. And it was just like taking the cork out of a bottle and it just kind of, it kept pouring. It was really good. It, so it was this idea I could take it somewhere and do something with it. And then I did my first open mic when I was at uni. Um, and then I got introduced, I made friends with a magician there. Of who, course. Of course, as you do. Because this is things. the thing, all of these, I, I've just got, I've just got back from Edinburgh and I've realised that all these subcultures of people, they all just intermingle with each other, don't yeah. they? Magicians and cabaret artists and burlesque people and all yeah. sorts of other people. They're all kind of in a big mishmash together. Absolutely. I mean, you want to watch out for the mimes though, they tend to give you the silent treatment. Brumch. I, I need to get my sound effects box ready. <laughs> this is the first show, we're not, we're not prepared for that kind of humour. Um, um, <laughs> it's, it's Sunday, it's not going to get much yeah. better than this. Um, but yeah, so that's, I kind of got into it that way. Um, and as you say, I'm part of multiple networks now. So the mm. poetry was kind of the main in because it was kind of like doing stand-up comedy, but not having to be funny. But if you got a laugh, it was a bonus. Yeah. But it was also like acting, except you don't have to rely on other people. You're just there and you're just doing it. And it's it's raw and immediate. And I like that about it as well. Um, it's very different to doing theatre, but I've kind of come full circle now. I'm doing a bit of theatre again recently. Well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Your your poetry, so I've seen a couple of your shows. I yep. saw um, uh, The Love Calculator last Indeed. year, and, yeah. and you've been working on some new material since then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, would you say that you sort of lean much more towards uh, character work or uh, with the sort of theatrical background, or is it much more autobiographical? Because uh, lots of poets have a different kind yeah. of thing that they tap into. It's It's very much autobiographical i've had mm. a lot of therapeutic benefit from <laughs> writing poetry the, particularly the love calculator that was really great because um it was obviously the content was it was was very much based in my life based on my relationships and mm. kind of taking that into a space of this is me this is my story and sharing it with people it was really really great um and you yeah. combined music with the with the spoken words I did. element as well i so did well i played the ukulele let's not call it music no, I think i'm kidding no good. the ukulele yeah. gets a lot of hate and it really shouldn't the ukulele is a great instrument yeah it's, it's it, well it's a nice way of, of i i think it, it connected with the audience because you're not having to worry about carting an amp around or mm-hmm. a band or anything like that it's just very much like you know what i'm going to do a, a song for you now and mm-hmm. it's we're, we're very acoustic and i can pick it up put it down as i see fit yeah it's yeah 
yeah, and that's how I like to work. Mm. I, I like to be really flexible and, and really feel what the room wants and have a real interaction with the audience. I'm not there doing a, a very serious. I'm a poet and I'm doing I'm doing a set. You know, this is we're all going to think very carefully. It's not that. It's very much. I'm here. Let's have an interaction. Let's have a relationship. Let's talk about what you'd like to hear. And it's a, it's a very intuitive thing for me. Yeah, it's a sort of far cry from that kind of New York jazz club vibe where everyone sits there clicking their hey, fingers the, the whole time. The number of times people have said, do you wear a turtleneck and play the bongos? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it's too hot for a start. But, but it's, I don't know, do you ever get that as a poet as well? People have this weird kind of... I, I very much get put off by clicky fingers. Uh, I Honestly, I, I will lose my place in the poem and everyone starts looking at the person clicking their fingers. And it's mm. like, actually, I was supposed to be in the middle of doing a set here. Why, why are they looking at them all of a sudden? But it's sort of like being I in a shirty. restaurant. Yeah, well, you start clicking your fingers to get the waiter's attention. It's like, no, I, yeah. I, I put my poem down, give you a spritzer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's fantastic. Right, well, we're going to, uh, over the course of the uh, afternoon, uh, mm. we're going to be dipping in and out of some music. Mm. Uh, now, you've uh, you chose for us already uh, our song coming out. We've, we're, we're still on a Beatles thing. We are. Uh, well, is, is there any reason why the Beatles are, are, are sort of are, are kind of that you've chosen this afternoon? Um, well, I was raised on the Beatles. Right. Um, really love the Beatles. Grew up this massive, massive Beatles fan in, in the house. Um, my mum made for me a yellow submarine rug that I still have today. Um, so it's got like the blue meanies on it and all the really trippy colours and stuff. It's a really beautiful thing. How, what, what is this made of? I'm intrigued by the rug now. It's is made it, of wool. It's, it's, just, a, it's, it's a woolen like a wool, rug. You, you know the thing that you, with the hook? Oh, like, a crochet. No, it's not crochet. Oh, it's not it's crochet. Like, it's like you get a big grid and then you pull the wall through. So it's like this really thick. Oh, lush I see. Right. Carpet. Okay. Um, and there's meanies and yellow submarines. Yeah, yeah. Very. So I've got that. And um, I, yeah, despite the fact that John Lennon actually died ten years before I was born, my parents couldn't tell me he was dead. It was oh, like no. akin to Santa Claus. Like if they couldn't tell me. Well, obviously that Santa Claus is real, but it's yes. on a par. If you imagine that Santa Claus wasn't real, how devastating that might be. They, yeah. But so the, so John Lennon was very much alive and kicking until what the early nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then and then it was broken to me gently. I think. We've just been talking during uh, while the Lars have been on just about your current projects, what you've just been working on, what's what's coming soon, because mm -hmm. um, you're a very very busy lady. I have been very busy this year. It's mm -hmm. been a, it's been a I've just finished doing um, some community theatre in Salford as the, with the Salford Docker, mm -hmm. um, which was great. We did that down at the Lighthouse um, in sort of Eccles, and that was an incredible project, all about Salford Docks, all about the lives of people who work there, um, and really interactive again, like. Um, you had to interact with people in the set and things like that. And we had people joining in strikes and protests and stuff. That was brilliant. Oh, wow. So really, the, really so you were basically speaking in character. Mm. And so it was entirely improvised if you're sort of interacting with the uh, public. We had a script, but we definitely had ad-libbing and we had a lot of audience interaction um, around the core performance as well. Like mm. We'd have scenes um, down at the Dockers Club and we were encouraging people to come and have a drink and dance with us and things like that. Nice. And it's, it's really live. It was a really lovely piece of theatre and very, like a community should be. Um, my mum came to see it and she was like, oh, I really wanted to get up and just start having a strike. And I was like, yes, get it, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so the revolution started in Salford, is it? Uh, it started with my mum, actually. <laughs> right, yeah, it's usually the way these things get going. That's, that's what I find. Yeah, she'll be, she'll be at the front just like waving a flag it'll be mm -hmm. great um, so I've finished doing that and then um, I've done a couple of festivals running open mics down at Butterfield and at Womanfest okay um, which were both fantastic experiences mm -hmm. um, and then what I've got coming up so I will be doing a feminist a sketch show called The Second Sketch with the Ideologues. Okay. Um, so we... And where, whereabouts are they based? So um, we're going to be recording the show at Salford Uni mm -hmm. um, and there are a couple of uh, writers based in Manchester who do improv around the Manchester area. Okay. Um, and 
Yeah, so they'll be doing that. So we'll be recording the show on the 7th of September at Salford Uni and people, I think, can rock up and come see it. Oh, right, okay. We'll be recording in front of an audience, which would be great. Wonderful. Uh, And then after that, on the 21st of September, I will be at the Bronte Parsonage. Um, Oh, over over in that there Yorkshire. Over over the border. On the right side at Pennines, that's where I'm from. Oh, oh, hello. Right. Uh, We've we've all gone gone proper Yorkshire now. Oh, wow. So it's it's Howarth. Oh, in Howarth, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, because that was where the Bronte uh, that's where the museum is. That's where the Brontes were born and where they grew up and indeed. lived. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And um, created all sorts of uh, things. We were just chatting while while the uh, while the music was on about uh, about because obviously the, the Brontes themselves, the three sisters, they kind of get all of the yeah. of the credit for things. But but actually, there was Branwell Bronte was the kind of forgotten brother, mm. um, and he did all of the things that. Uh, you know, you would expect a, a proper artist to do was... exactly the sort of things that you and I get up to at a weekend, Paul. Uh, yeah, 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 portrait painting, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not the sort of thing that I get up to because because uh, Branwell, uh, he died very, very young from a lot of uh, liver problems mm. uh, and uh, from basically being chased around by people he'd had affairs with that he shouldn't do. Uh, so we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll make no more comments on my weekend activities. Though, Absolutely, in that sense. But yeah, but uh, that's that's quite a big thing to be. I mean, because the the Bronte Museum. Uh, is a big organisation. Mm. They have a lot of thousands of visitors every year. That must be quite a, a big thing to be working with such a you know, famous organisation. I, I hope so. I've, I've, I was invited um, by Joanna and Zena, who run Verbose in Manchester, one of the spoken word nights in Levensview. Um, okay. Really, really nice, really supportive. And they invited me, I think, as part of a... It's like a, a working-class women in arts mm-hmm. um, event, so going up, doing a, a set with them. So there's going to be lots of poetry stuff, spoken words, all sorts of really interesting stuff. Um, and again, all about the women getting in there. Uh, it's great. So I'm, I'm really excited to be part of it. I mean, it's such a beautiful place as well. Howarth is so nice. It is. I mean, it's uh, but take your walking boots because there's a lot of hills uh, I, yeah. uh, it's, to get around up there. But um, but the, the actual parsonage itself, you, mm. you look out. Um, uh, I've been over there, did some work over there last year. Mm. And uh, there's you, you look out on where the, the Brontes grew up. It's all part of the, the museum down mm. there. Mm. Um, and everywhere you look, you think, well, actually, Emily would, would probably be walking down these streets. And Anne mm. was, you know, probably composing poetry sitting over there in the corner and you can you know it, it's it's it, pretty cool it's it pretty is cool. pretty cool and yeah. sticks in history for, for wordy types yeah it's all right <laughs> yeah no it's very exciting so it's, it's going to be cool i mean it's uh, doing stuff in exciting venues it's, and historical stuff's always it really connects you mm. to where you come from where you're going where you where you could be in several hundred years maybe somebody will be walking around the rose Wright museum one day exactly so. that's what you you know this is a, ultimately you want to be sharing work and if, mm. if you're still sharing work when you're not here anymore yeah uh, that's a, that's a great thing and also we've got you know we, we live in an age where we can share things all the time yeah uh, you know the 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 three Bronte sisters themselves, they couldn't share things mm. during their time as themselves. They, they yeah. sort of famously wrote under pen names as men, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't even bear thinking about nowadays, quite frankly. I know, I know. It's it's not... but, well, I think J.K. Rowling, though, she chose to be J.K., so people t- couldn't identify her as a woman because she was told it would sell more. I, I believe that's the story. It's, it's almost the story. And also th- to, to do when she did release under... Um, um, when she released it as Robert Galbraith, I think it is her latest crime novel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she purposefully said, "Like I want to get away from the J.K. Rowling mm. uh, side of things," and it, it took a while. But people actually then picked up and go, "Actually, I really like this style. It's very reminiscent of J.K. Rowling." It's sort of like, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's a, so, yeah. but it's it's. I mean, that's that's terrible that even now that people mm. are feeling that actually they can't 
you know come forward as themselves because that's going to mm. have an impact on sales mm. um yeah. it's 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 ridiculous when you think about the success you know we're talking about a, a writer who's become a billionaire yeah. uh, from from her work it's, oh she's lost a billionaire status because of all her charitable work as well she has she's, she's, isn't she one of the only people that's gone back below the threshold and she's only a, only a millionaire now. she's only a millionaire wow. oh that's a terrible fall from status that barely even worth talking about <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome back to the Waffle Hour. Uh, it's our final uh, part of our interview with Rosa Wright, uh, and we've been talking uh, during the time about your about your spoken word uh, work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I understand from from our conversations that there's other other strings to your bow in the performance area. Indeed, indeed. So I kind of call myself a poet, performer, and professional weirdo. Professional weirdo. Professional weirdo. Oh, I want that on my CV. Uh, yeah. Well. I- it's mine now. I was not trying <laughs> but yeah, it's that. It goes by the theory: if you're weird for long enough, eventually somebody will pay you to be weird. Oh right, okay. Um, but that kind of covers the um, other aspects of what I do. So I do character work in murder mysteries. Um, I'm also part of an events company called Utopia, which provides things like stilt walkers, fire eaters, hula hoopers, mm. um, and dancers and things like that. I do the character interactive walkabout aspects of that. Um, I also when I when I've been at the festivals for the past couple of years, when I do the open mics, I do characters as mm. well. So um, I've been the Glam Reaper, who's Death's glamorous assistant, darling. <laughs> darling. Now, I'm, I'm here to usher you into the afterlife or maybe just off stage. So that was, that was glammy. And then... Um, I take it that was accompanied by glitter. Oh, of course, darling, darling. Yes. I was gl- glittery shorts, glittery top, glittery face, cloak, whole shebang. Okay. Good. It's a primary school teacher's nightmare. Uh, yeah. I, okay. Well, I, I've always been that way. <laughs> Um, I've also been the Glittosaurus Rex, so I had, um, like, I made a full dinosaur face with antlers and feathers okay. and everything. Um, again, very, very Pretty historic, but still sparkly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do things like that, and um, generally if it involves glitter and wa- waggling my arms about somewhere, that's the professional weirdo aspect, or playing characters and things like that, and it's great. I, I, I love that. I, if people ask me, can you do this thing, I'll generally go, yeah, all right, all right, and put some glitter on it and then I've done it like I dressed up as nature the other week for a um, homelessness fundraiser in Manchester right um, I got painted green and um, as you do and yeah and just I was sat very very still for a couple of hours between a couple of businessmen while there was audiovisual stuff going on so <laughs> yeah I can so all yeah. that preparation we had in primary when they said you're going to be a tree now yep uh, and then you actually I, you've I, been paid to be essentially a tree I make a living out of it it's brilliant it's, well, and, well yeah it's good it's good kids all those people that are telling you your drama lessons are a waste of time. Don't don't bother listening to Never them. Never listen to them. It's it's a, it's a viable career opportunity. You can do it. <laughs> belief in yourself. But belief in yourself. Oh, I mean, oh, you want to do a rim shot right now? I know. Um, right. So uh, and you've you've also started doing private functions as well I recently. Have, I have. I had my first private um, private function. Yeah. Um, not as rude as it sounds. Honest. Um, <laughs> no, it's a family show. Um, yeah, I did a private party mm-hmm. um, as a result of actually your night at Waffle. Um, the fantastic. Ramsbottom poetry scene. Yes. Um, I met a couple of people there who really enjoyed my stuff and said, oh, we're doing a private party. Would you come and perform? Mm -hmm. And I turned up and they were really hospitable, really charming, and they really enjoyed the set. So I did a poetry set there. So I'm available for weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs. (laughs) Anything. Anything, Anything that you're willing to be paid for and people are going to turn up to. And if there's food involved, you don't even... No, I still want to be paid, but if there's food involved, it's like just an actual... 
bonus. Um, I was offered a gig the other day and somebody said, do you want food or a T-shirt? And I just went, are you even considering that I would want the T-shirt? Uh, yeah. give, me, give me the food. Yeah, it, does the food come wrapped in the T-shirt? The t-shirt. You well, know, that's fine. I'll happily take both, but I'm going to take the food. Yeah, Whatever absolutely. happens, it's going to happen. <laughs> there's, there's a reason we're called starving artists. Yes, yeah. indeed. You yeah. know, that we've got to, you know, we've got to struggle for our art, but we also need sustenance from time to time. I think that's the way it works. Um, it's funny because you mentioned uh, John and Julie both listen to the show. Oh, who, uh, hi, John and Julie. Uh, and uh, they've uh, they've just been in contact, and they said uh, jo- John said uh, he's going plum crazy here, listening whilst making chutney and jam, which, oh. uh, which is, sounds lovely. Uh, and Julie sunbathing, listening to Rosa, strongly recommend her for private functions. Yep. Uh, there you go. You've been strongly recommended now. Strongly recommended. There you go. Oh. Professional weirdo has become strongly recommended here on Rossendale Radio. <laughs> My CV is growing. <laughs> it's growing by the second. Um, it's been an absolute delight talking to you this My afternoon. Pleasure. Always good to see you, Paul. Always yes. good. Uh, we'll be. Uh, we're, what we're going to be trying to do is uh, our interview this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be bringing this together, hopefully, as a podcast in the future. Uh, so uh, if you, if you, I was going to say, I'm talking to all the people. If you've missed this this afternoon, <laughs> you haven't missed this. Who's not here? So yes, so this uh, this will hopefully live on, and we'll, we shall uh, we shall get some stuff out. And you mentioned uh, the waffle. It's going to be called the Waffle Podcast as part of the Waffle Hour. Excellent. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll look out for that, and we'll uh, obviously post any show notes uh, in there and to links into other work that you're doing. Wow, it'll be waffly good. It will waffly good. That's Sorry. three. That's three we've yeah, gone for it. now. I'm there done. we go. I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling time on that. <laughs> You've been listening to the Waffle Bite Sized Podcast, hosted by me, Paul Jenkins. The Waffle Podcast is produced by Lee Ball in association with Rossendale Radio. Next week, tune in and we will be speaking to Christopher Bainbridge, the Bard of Berry. See you then. <laughs>